Imagine walking through a supermarket, putting items in your trolley and simply wheeling them straight out. Payment made instantly. Sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, but it's actually already happening in grocery stores overseas. So how long until this technology lands in Australia and should we welcome it? Here to talk about the future of shopping and its potential implications is Edward Santo, who's Director of Policy and Governance at the Human Technology Institute, and Paul Zara, the CEO of the Australian Retailers Association. Welcome to both of you. Good morning. Good to be with you. That technology I described is called Just Walk Out and it's already available in some Amazon grocery stores in the US. Paul, how exactly does the technology work? Well, it's uh, quite simple actually. Into the store, you um, tap uh, the gate with your credit card to uh, allow you access. You pick up whatever item you want in the shop uh, and you leave by the same gate and you tap your your, um, card on the way out and the goods are recorded. So it's really very much uh, um, still in trial stages, but uh, on this mass rollout planned, which will allow this massive convenience for uh, shoppers, particularly in in food to go, that they can pick up um, items and, and leave the shop very quickly and easily. Paul, you've also recently come back from a conference in New York all about the innovations in the industry. What trends are we seeing? Well, look, uh, Patricia, what was interesting, there were like 35,000 retail delegates in New York. We went, went across six and a half um, city blocks, really hard for me to narrow it down, but there were lots. There were, you know, technologies, um, new technology was the major, really the major theme from mobile point of sale systems to virtual queuing um, to smart mirrors and fitting rooms. And maybe if I can just explain a couple of them, um, because these things sort of appeared in our mind. If I think about holographic marketing is another good example. If you think of Princess Leia and Star Wars. It's it's sort of becoming, science fiction is becoming science fact. Um, so in a holographic marketing situation, you can imagine a hardware sale representative arriving in all of a retailer store at 8am to, to speak about a new product. Now, for leaders, that's really important because it's um, it allows them to appear in all of their stores across the country at the same time to deliver their morning updates. From that to smart mirrors and fitting rooms where you enter the, the, the fitting room without having to try an item on. Now, that's a massive move for the fashion industry, um, particularly for most of us. We don't like trying things on, uh, but being able to, uh, without having to take your clothes off, the future of fashion retail shopping will be underpinned by these smart mirrors and, you know, AR, AR uh, fitting rooms. So, you know, virtual queuing, so it allows you go into a shop, um, think of a department store where you can scan a QR code to say you want to talk to the SL order counter uh, manager and, uh, you know, you'll be notified as soon as that person's available. So it's really about convenience, about seamless shopping, contactless shopping. That was the main theme. Really interesting. Woolworths have been trialling AI technology at self-checkouts and essentially it films customers scanning items and when it detects if an item hasn't been scanned correctly, it plays yes. recorded footage back to the customer and prompts them to rescan. Ed, <laughs> what, what are some of the security concerns here? Well, uh, for, the, for starters, um, this is a pretty... Uh, comprehensive form of surveillance. Whenever someone is just going into the supermarket, they suddenly are being kind of um, filmed from all angles. A lot of personal information has been collected about them and um, they're being monitored very, very closely to determine whether or not they make any mistakes in uh, how they do a task that not that long ago was done by an employee of the supermarket itself. And, And maybe that gets to something really fundamental here because 
We all know people in our lives who say, hey, I've got a great opportunity for you. And it's actually a really good opportunity for them. <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, this, this technological innovation is presented as being, you know, better for customers, more convenient, all of that sort of thing. And sometimes that's absolutely true. But a lot of the time it isn't. A lot of the time what's being presented as more convenient for customers is actually a really great op economic opportunity for the business and it's at the expense of customers. Paul, what do you make <laughs> well, of that? Look, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it yes. is, there are, it is vexed. I mean, there is something about being surveilled like that, which is very yeah. uncomfortable for a lot of us. I'm putting my own hand up. Uh, look, it's fair enough because there's two sides to a coin. I obviously don't have such a dark or negative view. I think it's important that retailers are transparent about what information they are, they are collecting and how it's being used. I think they've got to also make sure that they're implementing tight security measures to protect any information from unauthorised access. Uh, and they, they need to also minimise the amount of personal information that's stored and collected. So we want to be able to, obviously, um, in the Woolworths example or any example where there's uh, uh, that type of um, uh, technology in place, it's clearly signed and people have got opportunities then to decide whether they shop there or not. But Miscans are a big problem and, you know, and theft is a big problem and it costs billions and billions of dollars for um, retailers. Uh, you know, from my estimation alone, it, it, the, the amount of theft in the country hits about $10 billion annually. Now, that we all pay for that, Patricia. That's the problem. So when we have high shrinkage, what we call, or theft, uh, that, um, th that pays up, that, that uh, all consumers pay because it ends up uh, hitting us all in higher prices. So there's always going to be an interest in reducing costs uh, because we want to pass those savings on to consumers. Uh, consumers, particularly going into this um, next stage outside of COVID, have a lot of cost pressure. So, you know, we're going to see more technology. And I think ultimately most consumers, uh, we, obviously I hear that story, but uh, most consumers are happy as long as that they're clear about what um, how the information is being used. Ed, these tech innovations seem to either enhance the shopping experience, I mean, the idea of if especially if you're time poor, uh, um, I mean, I find that supermarket very time consuming or prevent theft, but what's the trade-off? Well, um, the, the trade-off is often trading in our personal information. Um, but, but I will just say that it doesn't always make the shopping experience better. Even if you have had it over all this personal information, if you're the one doing the scanning, you've got no one to help you anymore, that actually generally takes people longer, not less time. And so, you know, there, there's one fewer person being employed by the supermarket. So the supermarket has definitely saved some money there, um, but you're not necessarily getting a better experience. Um, you know, when when uh, companies do this sort of innovation, they, they do it in an iterative way. In other words, they, they experiment um, and they experiment using um, customers' personal information. Uh, to, to give an analogy, um, that's not how car companies make new cars. Uh, they, they do uh, that, you know, using crash test dummies, they, they, they test it very carefully, not on their own customers. Whereas what we're seeing in this space is more and more uh, those, those people who are having these new products beta tested on them are just ordinary customers. And that's something that I think we need to be really careful about because that experimentation should happen in a really safe environment. Um, and, and, and precisely the example that you led off with PK, which was, um, you know, the, the Amazon just walk out technology. Interestingly, in the last two weeks, the global CEO of Amazon announced that they're starting to walk a lot of that back. In other words, um, they're closing a number of the stores with that technology. Uh, they're, they're 
they're reducing the use of that technology. And, and one of the reasons he gave was that customers don't yet feel comfortable with it. Yeah, it's, it's such a vexed area. Can Paul, I just add to that, Patricia, yeah. if you don't mind? Um, no, look, I just think often with um, technology, it's still in trial stages. So I think we've got, um, and we're all learning. But, you know, I, I sort of use a non-retail example, but maybe a banking example. Who would choose today to go and queue in a, at a teller when they can use an ATM or do that transfer digitally? And that's the, that, that's the, the double-edged sword here because we want better experiences Often those better experiences, and I would argue self-checkout is a, is a quicker and better experience than, um, than often going through a checkout operator because, because of the fact that you can self-manage and you can, you can get to the, the register quicker. And that, that's the facts. So I think it's got to be a balanced uh, argument around, you know, it's got to tick all those boxes, managing personal information, making sure the experience is contactless and seamless. And if it doesn't, uh, if there's not the customer uptake, then that, that obviously that technology won't be rolled out. Mm. I mean, when there's one, you know, Paul, there's, it's pretty vexed. Uh, I find self-checkout really difficult. I know lots of people on my text line do. And every second it's telling you you've done something wrong and you've got to call someone to it. it you know, it takes forever. I'd love someone to actually scan my items. Fair enough. And, yeah, but, but then to be surveilled and told you've done it wrong too, it's like, well, you know, the systems um, often are not up to scratch and people are really frustrated, I think. Ed, just last week, the Attorney General released a number of proposed changes to the Privacy Act. How will this protect consumers against businesses potentially misusing data, surveillance technologies? I've got a text here, for instance, that the other day a camera was used and there was no warning, but they noticed. Uh, all of all of that being protected, is that on the cards? Yeah, so... Um Privacy law in Australia has fallen way behind the rest of the world and certainly places that we would compare ourselves to, especially in North America and in Europe. And so under the previous federal government, a big two-year review of our privacy law was commenced and uh, last week, the Attorney-General's Department released uh, its proposals for change. And what it would do is that it would modernise privacy law. It would encourage really good innovation. And Paul, I think, rightly points to some very positive innovation that helps uh, business and also helps customers. And that's exactly the kind of thing that the legislation would encourage. But it also cracks down on the stuff that, uh, that, that is harmful for individuals. And so it would be a, a very significant, um, almost generational change in our legislation. And what I like about this is it says, well, you know, innovation doesn't happen in a vacuum. It, it, the, the best sort of innovation that benefits the whole community is one where there are some legal guardrails put around it. And what we don't want to have to rely on is just that companies are going to, out of the goodness of their heart, just do the right thing with people's personal data. Instead, if you set some really clear guardrails about how to innovate well, then we can actually protect people. And that's what uh, these proposals would do. We're out of time, but this has been a really good conversation that we should revisit um, down the track. Thank you so much to both of you. Pleasure. Thank you. Edward Santo is the Director of Policy and Governance at the Human Technology Institute at UTS and Paul Zara, CEO of the Australian Retailers Association and you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.